Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Okay, She Slayers, welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day, and this is your host, Lauren Brunswick, and I have with me today everyone's favorite guest, Kirby Brunswick. I don't know about everyone. I was going to say, like, nobody's <laughs> actually told us you're his favorite. <laughs> they're Are like, you? Dr. Mosbeck, and they're like, oh, Kirby. What's <laughs> really funny is I think I have described you as everyone's favorite guest, probably like 20 times between episodes and uh, Instagram shit. And for the very first time, as that was coming out of my mouth, I was going like, why do I keep describing him as that? Nobody has said that except for my mother. I was going to say, that's (laughs) like your mom. I don't think anyone's been like, oh my God, you need way more Kirby on the podcast. (laughs) I appreciate your, uh, my opportunity to be here. You, I have to wiggle you out of every episode. Every top, every question that comes in, I have many you thoughts. want a little, little by him, and you're just like, "Oh, I can help with that." I'm like, "You're not a chiropractor; you don't get to help with that one." But so, I read a book about it. I know, and your knowledge is sprinkled into everything. But yeah. this is not the Lauren and Kirby show. Just like our life, this is not the Lauren and Kirby show. This is the Lauren show. Some foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about <laughs> no today. <shit>. Um. <laughs> Before we talk about today's I thingy, I feel like sometimes we come off too agreeable with each other. I disagree. <laughs> good, 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 good. See what I did there. Um, I do. No, I feel like in the wake of Rachel and Dave's divorce, Rachel Hollis. Yeah. I just feel like it's not like we're going to have a fight on an episode, but like with today's episode topic that um, we'll get to eventually, I feel like it's going to come across like there were no hard conversations and there were no a little too much alcohol fights. And and that's just not, you know, it's not the case. Yeah, like, well, yeah I think there's what I hope and I'll say it directly if it doesn't come across as i i don't want us to try and sell that we have all the solutions or that we have it all figured out you know we've said several times that we go to a marriage counselor and that was to get through stuff and that's also for us to consistently keep working on it Um, although he kind of fired us 
he said like, yeah, come back. Like if you're having trouble with stuff, but with that, even that is, I think the reason why we quote unquote, hold on the Enneagram three and me needs everyone to know he fired us because we were so good. Yeah. Not because we were terrible. Like, no. hold on. We got a yeah. gold star, just so we're yeah. clear. We were doing well. We were kind of just rehab. I wanted to, like, unpack stuff. I wanted to, like, talk about your childhood. And... That's a different kind of therapy. Like, not all counselors are the same. Not all counselors want to dig into dreams or Freudian stuff or, like... Although we could go back into... But, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Anyways, we do our work. It's... and It's messy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we... It's a podcast. We're going to try and pepper in the simplest, cleanest advice we can. And if you want to show how messy it is, I can go on a million different diatribes of, but on the other hand, and we can do that to show how messy (laughs) it is if you want, or we can give some clean, simple advice. Yeah, we'll just do that. Okay. So today's question. Uh, Do you want to jump right into question or do you want to do review first? We should do the review. Okay. Um, all right. This one is from Jordan B. DC. Uh, what women chiropractors have been needing. Um, so excited about this podcast. While Rachel Hollis, oh, speaking of, and Jenna Kutcher are incredible podcasts for personal development and goal chasing, She Slays the Day is so applicable directly to our lives and careers as women chiropractors. Uh, excited to hear more. So, do you know? I'm pretty sure I know who that is. And I think we are going to meet her when we go out to Colorado. Not to Colorado. I'm going to Colorado. You're going to Montana. When we go to Montana. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's Jordan. You're Sarah. You should probably learn her name before we get there. But yeah. No, she's in Whitefish. Cool. And I said, I'm going to stop in and get an adjustment. That's really this- nice because you get so mad while we're on vacation, especially when I'm asking when for an adjustment. When you ask for an adjustment? Because I get to travel with my chiropractor, but then I can't return the favor. And that's very, very annoying to me. And in theory, you can, I don't know, I feel like as a chiropractor, I've always said you could walk into any chiropractic clinic in the world and say, I'm a chiropractor. Could you adjust me? And they would probably do it. But I've never really actually yeah, I don't been think you've ever done it. brave enough to do it. On the flip side, you travel with your photographer and tech person, and I don't get the return of someone photographing me all the time. I will take so many photos <laughs> of you when we are in Montana. I will take so many moody photos. You just want photos in your new gonna, Lululemon jacket. We're going to get on influencers in the wild. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. So... Um, question to the question uh we'll keep this anonymous um because we did not have the conversation about whether we would say their name or not so you start thinking of fun names um all right here's the question from this person how did you get kirby on board with raising your children Haley. Haley. yeah (laughs) good job what's his name tom tom Haley and tom okay okay all right this comes from Haley. And Haley says, how did you get Kirby on board with raising your children holistically? For example, your decision not to vaccinate and be conservative with meds. Prior to her engagement, I told my now husband, Tom, how important it was to me to raise our future children a certain way and that it was a condition of moving forward. He agreed. However, since then, I've sent him articles, podcasts, etc., explaining my stance. Not to mention my brother was vaccine damaged. 
but I don't think he's given them the time of day. I feel like he's going along with what I want, but I feel it's important for the dad to be able to back up his wife when people ask us our why down the road. Thoughts? Am I crazy for wanting him to be passionate about this prior to having kids? So there's something about the third time reading this through that, like, this, I can just picture her, this is like a whole different kind of bridezilla than you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just picture her really freaking out about this, and he's just like, oh my god, can we talk about the flowers and the centerpieces or something? Like, okay. Not to make fun of you. Haley. Haley. We're just joking around. You think that if Haley listens, that was going to be what offended her? Right off the Well, it was just a really funny image in my head that I was just giggling of like, because she talks about like prior to engagement. And I just just pictured her just like staying up late, sending him all these articles. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. But it's a good question. It's a very good question. Uh, Do you want to do the prayer? Before we answer it. Yeah. I get so thrown off when you're here. Like, I'm like, I'm glad you're here because I would have forgotten. Just jump right in? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to handle it? Sure, I can do that. Dear God, thanks so much for um, bringing Kirby and I together on this big topic and the underlying question. Um, thank you for his continued support in all things with our family um, thanks for getting the stick out of his butt so we could agree on things and record this podcast together and be with Haley and Tom and all the Haley and Toms out there who are looking to their future, super excited um, about their kids, but being in this world where there's so many decisions and so much misinformation and just wanting to do the right thing. Um, remind them that ultimately that is what both of them want and that they are already on the same page that they want the same thing for their children. And that is happiness and health Just help them communicate on the best way to get there. Cause marriage is so much easier when you agree. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I feel like I don't even know how to approach this without knowing Tom's Enneagram. And we don't help. have it. It would help things. Because so much of how people deal with things is you need to understand, yeah, like how they approach the world, how they approach problems um, to know, is it a disagreement in, is it a disagreement in point of fact, or is it just how they handle problems? Because kind of one of the crux of this issue is that, Prior to marriage, they had a conversation about this, and she was very passionate about it. He seems okay with it, mm-hmm. but if he is, if he's someone who's like, okay, I'll set aside my very strong beliefs for you, is a very different thing than, yeah, I don't know, sounds sounds good. I'm usually the kind of person who deals the problem when it is in my face. Mm-hmm. So if this is an important thing to you, cool. Like, those are are different people. Yeah, those are very different people. So, I mean, backtracking then, when it came to air quotes convincing you, I don't really, I don't think I convinced you of anything. Um, But, you know, so specifically around raising kids a different way, Mm -hmm. a different way than the traditional model. 
um, or at least health wise, you know, step one was you had to be open-minded. So no yep. matter your Enneagram, you had to be open-minded that I was about to present something um, that is against going with the brain or like going with society's just like yeah. default. Um, so then two is whatever I was trying to convince you of a different way. It was helpful that it had research. Like it wasn't like yeah. I was making up some thing like it's evidence backed. Yep. Um, and you had to be, so in our scenario, you sought out research, um, on it, mm -hmm. but like, no matter what, even if I did the seeking out or you did the seeking out, you had to be in the state of wanting to receive the research. Yeah. And being my default state is a super curious nine, like that's seeing things from all people's sides. Like mm -hmm. I dug into that. Plus I like the contrarian views that I have in politics and finance and all that too. So like adding on a contrarian healthcare view was, was almost fun for me. Yeah. You took it almost farther than I wanted. Um, but we talked about it and then we came to an understanding. Um, but that was kind of where it needed to start was you needed to be open to that. And I don't think we hear anything that he's not open, um, yeah. at all, but then we, so one of the classic examples I remember was when we were pregnant with our, with Charlie, our first, and we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl yet. And I said, I don't remember really how I presented it, but I was less um, smooth back then. So I'm assuming I just said, like, if it's a boy, I don't want to circumcise. And I think your original thing was like, uh, well, I would like to. And I said, like, okay, ultimately... And this is a less big decision, but it goes along mm. with, and I said, like, ultimately, I will agree with what you decide if you promise to do extensive research mm -hmm. on it. And I'll want you to, like, present why you think this is a right decision um, for our kid. And, you know, and then you went and researched and came back with. The decision we ended up having a girl so it wasn't a thing but yeah, like and we wouldn't have circumcised if no we had a boy um but i think a big part of that is the underlying root of us talking about deciding that or having a similar philosophy of like we want our kids to be as healthy and happy as possible and hopefully a decision we make won't negatively impact them or have them down the road regret a decision that we made for them mm -hmm. um but we had that underlying philosophy first so that informs when i go off and do research to come back with something that still fits in that box that we built together yeah yeah i mean so you know it might be that he's deferring to later um but i would say instead of picking a hypothetical argument about future children mm -hmm. Where, like, you're like, I don't know, are you telling me the truth? Or, you know, like, I don't, maybe he has a pattern of switching his opinion, which... Flip-flopper. Flip-flopper. <laughs> um, but I would start with just, with him. You and him while you don't have kids. And not, I don't want to say not worrying about vaccines and circumcision 
and breastfeeding until the child's nine, but like today yeah, things what? of like, hey, I was thinking about doing Meatless Monday or doing a four day detox and cleanse and starting to educate and instill just philosophy of health in him. And yeah. he might already have it. Yeah, well, and that, that's kind of that starting point that if, if you do have it, if you're both building that box of philosophy right now, uh, that that you do want to put as good of things into your body, that you, you know, view wherever you can, not intervening. Like if you, you know, get a cold and instead of reaching for the vitamin D, you, you know, always reach or he always reaches for Sudafed, like talking about that talking about why you guys disagree on that, like letting him know that there are alternate ways to feel better all the time and not just, you know, four hours of relief. If you can start to get on the same page on that, because that was part of our beginning of our relationship too. Like I used to get sinus infections mm -hmm. once or twice a year and realize that a lot of it was one, you know, I was a college, you know, just getting out of college, kind of eating like garbage would get sick, would just take medicine for as long as I had symptoms and would continue to like eat dairy through a sinus infection. Like, you know, so those are some of the things of like learning those things and getting that trust and kind of seeing it and understanding trust it as it goes. trust is super important though, because we both trust each other so much within the realms. I mean, we trust each other. You know, but yeah. like we've kind of subconsciously made these arenas where the other person, like I acknowledge I can set my ego down and be open minded to hear an opinion that you might have completely different than mine on finances and insurance and all the other boring stuff that you're really smart on. And we can talk and it's not that I will lie down and be like, oh, I guess just do nothing, but like, although in some, I just do. Um, but ultimately I have respect for your education and go like, okay, I don't know that I still understand fully or I get it, but when push comes to shove, this is your arena and I'm going to trust my spouse with that. And mm -hmm. so the ideal is obviously to get Tom to, to understand this big health philosophy and to live it himself for years before they have kids and to be this advocate. But if that's not a thing, I, w I think there needs to be an underlying addressing of the trust of like, okay, but can you trust me enough that like, this is health. I went to school for this. You did not. And if he does have questions or if he's challenging it, I think there's a, there's a tricky part there where, you need to make sure you, your initial reaction, if he says like, well, I don't know about that. I'm hearing some other stuff to not immediately go, I'm an MF doctor, man. Uh, like, yeah, hey. I know that was coming up in me too. Like, just because I know I carried so much ego and it spilled into our relationship, even when it wasn't, that wasn't the thing. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing is you have done that with things for, kind of my areas of expertise around like insurance and how we invest money. You've had those things where you said like, I'm hearing all my friends or my colleagues talk about this certain way of investing. Like, are you sure we shouldn't be doing this? 
and right off the cuff, my reaction was poor. It was like, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a bad idea. I read a couple books a long time ago, and it's it's bad. <coughs> Sorry. But then you said, like, but I'm hearing a lot of stuff about this. Can you relook at it? Mm-hmm. And then I did. I read mm-hmm. more books. I read more articles. It ended up coming to a similar conclusion, um, but I understood it better, and I was able to come back and talk to you about it. And you did, in the end, trust me with that, but I was willing to revisit and yeah. not just go, I have a degree in this dummy. Listen to me. That's a very, very interesting point. And I, I don't want to throw the yeah. person, but like, so it was coming to like, you know, there was, um, there was a book that I was reading written by this investor and like all of the chiropractic friends that I had were like paying for this investors, like $10,000 weekend and I definitely am like group think on some stuff like everyone else is doing it. Let's do it. And so you're right. If you would have said like, nope, that's stupid. But you went, read the book I was reading. You read it faster than I did. I don't think I ever finished the book and then read two more books by that person. So when you came back and was like, okay, so I read what you mm-hmm. read you were able to agree with some things mm-hmm. and understand where you were coming yep. from. And then, and then it let me, my guard almost completely dropped because it was like, okay, he's not doubling down on like, no, I said it's bad and I refuse to accept anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, if there is, and it really doesn't sound like he's opposing. At no. all. Like it sounds like he's just but, like, okay, sounds good. But but it's the thing is when you have when you have all of society on certain issues kind of against you, or just the the big rolling wheel of tradition. So like the circumcision thing, or like births. Like births is a big thing. Like we had uh in a birth center birth, and then we had a home birth. Both of those things is way outside the norm of society mm-hmm. and if you're just the person who's kind of a go along to get along person, you may go like, Hey, this seems, this seems crazy. I don't know anyone else who did this. So he may have said a long time ago, like, yeah, cool. I'm cool with that. But as it gets closer to, you know, go day for the birth, he might, he might backtrack cause he's scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kind of gets to uh, really understanding why the person is, is objecting or is hesitant to go along with the agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we did have a thing about finances, like I tried to understand why you were concerned and then be able to answer those questions. So a big part of it is, and we always talk about just kind of open and honest communication is getting him to open up about if it does what's have the underlying fear. Yeah. Like what's the underlying fear. And I wouldn't make it, um, if it comes up, again and or you know like i wouldn't make it about the big topic of raising a child naturally to me that's just oppositional like for the sake of it like you're just basically claiming that we're gonna do this different and that could be kind of scary of like wait so like no anything that the medical community does I'm we're just, not gonna we're not gonna do everything because the other thing too is you can even go into it planning and then you don't like <laughs> cloth diapers happened for quite a while until they didn't in Dad our house. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we made our own baby food for quite a while with our first daughter and not so much with our second. Like, we are still quite natural and quite hippy-dippy and, you know, very holistic. But if you are going to put yourself in the box of completely natural, you're going to disappoint yourself. And that feels mm-hmm. like such a big commitment. Mm-hmm. So I think a big part of it is breaking it down as you get yeah, closer. Yeah, it up. Topic by topic. I I do think that the big ones that you could talk about ahead of time are vaccines Mm -hmm. and birth. Um, You know, but like if you're trying to pick a thing of like, no, you don't understand, Tom. Our kid will never have an antibiotic. I said that really antibiotic. Our kid will never like... I don't know. I can't think of another, have a surgery. It's kind of like, okay, well, first of all, like, hopefully that's true. But I mean, I knew without a shadow of a doubt before I was even pregnant that I would never vaccinate my kids. And we didn't, but I remember holding Charlie and she was like, two or three days old and it was at like 2 a.m and she you know just so peaceful and perfect and I just wanted to cry because I wanted to do everything Mm -hmm. to protect her and my my brain knew the books my brain knew the science it knew the foundation of why I wasn't going to But then I also was just terrified of like, but what if she does get that? Like, and so again, Mm -hmm. it was like that. I don't want to say it was a weak moment, but like, it's a humanizing moment of like parenting. You will just do anything and everything to protect them. Mm -hmm. And it can be really scary. I mean, and there's, there's the psychological aspect of you want you want certainty, or at least you want the certainty of the group. And when someone offers you the certainty of the group of saying like, this is, this is what everyone's doing. Then if something bad happens, you can go like, well, I just did what everyone told me to. That doctor was very confident when he told me to do it. <laughs> People seek that out. And uh, as a society, we, in my opinion, vastly overvalue like strict confidence and certainty Mm. people really want that it's a thing that everyone wants to be and be around and like have in their life but real life happens in the duality or in the non-duality of like sitting with some discomfort being like we're going to make this informed decision that we think is best and it may not be popular and it may be scary and you have those moments where you're holding your child and you want to do whatever you can but it's really hard when the strongest thing you can do is not do something because yeah. everyone wants to take action mm-hmm. because then you did something and you worked and you, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of like the American psyche of like, but I did a thing to try it. Like I did something and it's like, Ooh, but what if not doing is, mm-hmm. is um, very uncomfortable. Oh, so is. I think also that with, you know, talking about the duality of like, this is good, this is bad. Um, 
I think I, let's see, how do I say this? I feel like I've gained street cred with you by being open-minded and being in the gray area sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like when I do stand, you know, for an example of like when Charlie, when we got back from Disneyland or Disney world Mm -hmm. and she had fevers so bad, she was so sick for like an entire week and a half. Mm -hmm. And I went to pick her up from your mom's and she was like 104 and lethargic. And we hadn't done Tylenol at all that week. I was just like, we're going to urgent care. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and in that moment you saw like, okay, so there is a time where she crosses the aisle or whatever. Um, And, but then that allows times where our kids, if they've got a 102 fever and they seem really sick and you're like, I don't know. Should we go in? Should we give them Tylenol? And I'm like, they got this. They got this. You can trust me because you've seen me. Yeah. I've seen raise the white flag. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, these are all things that communication is super, super important. And it does. I love that you're having these big conversations ahead of time. Um, but a lot of them are going to happen over time mm-hmm. with your husband seeing the power of like, hey, so I was talking to John at work and they have a baby similar age of ours. And he said their baby won't stop crying. What like, and you can be like, yeah, honey, that's colic. Um, it's a thing that a lot of babies get because a lot of babies aren't checked right after birth. And they're on formula and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our baby's not doing that because of all this. And that's that's a solidifying moment for Tom to be like, oh, oh, bonus point for the home team. Yeah. Like score one for the home team that like, oh, these natural decisions are. They're kicking in and I'm seeing the results in our kid. You're seeing them firsthand. And I think that really gets to one of the things she talked about too, is so much of those experiences where it really solidifies in your head is when it involves you. So she says she's sending him articles and podcasts and all these things that, and he doesn't seem to be engaging with. I bet she'll send him this one. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, you better listen to those things. No, I like you've you've told me about podcasts that are on subjects that I'm actually interested in, but just sometimes I don't get around to it or I have two or three other things that are like in my field of vision right now of what I'm focused on. Um, But a lot of times if it's not something that I'm immediately experiencing and what, what makes a podcast really great for you Is it something that you're engaging with at the moment? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not in that same space, you know, like if I being sad about something and I read an Eckhart Tolle book and then I go like, this passage is like (laughs) life changing. You need to read this book. And you're like, no, dog, I'm good right now. (laughs) I don't need, you know, I'm not in the dark, so I don't need, I'm this all light up here. Mm -hmm. You know, that isn't you ignoring me or disagreeing with me. Right. It's just going like. Cool. I, you know, yeah, that's great. But also baseball just started. (laughs) So I'm going to spend two hours watching the game. Read the damn article, Tom. (laughs) He's just like, listen, I just, yeah, I said I would do it. Sounds good. But if something is really important to you, like to not to, not to put it on 
just her and like sending him and overwhelming him and him being okay with not caring. Like if something is truly important to you, um, it's kind of that picking your battles or picking your, your topic, like don't send them four articles a week, but go, this has really been on my mind this week. And I read this article and it felt like they really got my voice. And I would love if you would read this article and, you know, let, I just want to talk to you about it and see like, is this, am I out in the wilderness here? And this is, seems crazy to you. Or like, is this how you feel? Because so much of the time you assume there's the assumption that everyone thinks that like they're a rational person and they wouldn't hold a view that is irrational because they're a rational person. Mm -hmm. So in, they also view their spouse as a rational person. Because so, they picked them. Because they picked them. So ipso facto. And I'm rational, so therefore yeah. you get me yeah. irrational. So they're going to see the world the same as I do because we're both rational people. And that's not always true. There's just disagreements of how people see the world, but you need to be able to have those conversations and, and only in having those conversations can you find out that maybe your presumption was wrong. Mm -hmm. So what story are you telling yourself and how can you get across that you want to talk about an important issue, pick that issue, set aside the space for it. Say like, hey, I want you to read this article. I'd love to talk to you about it tomorrow night. Like not just mm -hmm. here's an article and then two weeks later, hey, what did you think about that? Like on a whim, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I glanced at it. I thought you were just saying like, yeah, see, cool article. Yep. And I already agreed with you that we were going to do that. So I didn't know that there was conversation that was needed yeah. on it. So um, I find it interesting. It was towards the end where she says she wants him. I feel like he's going along with what I want, but I feel it's important for the dad to be able to back up his wife when people ask us why or why down the road. What narrative is going on in her head? There's a little unpack it. Yeah. Um, the way that was phrased, and I mean, this is probably just a quick note sent off, so I don't want to read completely too much into it, but that to me comes across with, so he needs to back up your decision that's a bit troubling when it comes to a marriage and parenting of so i'm going to decide and not only does he have to be cool with it but he now has to be like my deputy well, and okay i don't i don't think that's how she means it i think what she means is i want this to be our decision <laughs> and if it was our decision, we could both debate other people on this. Mm -hmm. And that's understandable. Like, I get that. That's and the ideal. Yeah, that is the ideal. And, you know, we don't know what Tom does as a profession. I don't think he's a chiropractor. Um, but, like, sometime, okay, let's take it away from raising kids, air quotes, naturally. Um, let's move it into finances and like, uh, our investments, you know, if we're at dinner with three other couples, educated couples, and all three other couples have a completely different investment strategy than we do. The only thing in my opinion, from like a marriage counseling situation, not in like, and we won and we like, they knew that we made the right decision and they made the wrong decision. 
The only thing that truly matters is that those three couples, when they leave our house from dinner, get into their car and go, they are really in solidarity with each other. Mm -hmm. The important piece is not that they would get in their car and go, wow, they really presented some good points. Maybe we're wrong. It's, you know, obviously Kirby, you know, is the one with the degree in it. Um, and it sounds like Lauren just really trusts and supports her husband. Like, I wouldn't want to come across as like an idiot of like, wow, Lauren doesn't know what the heck they're doing. But like the only thing that's important would be that I was like, you know, I looked into it. Kirby presented me with his opinions on what we should do. And I agreed with him ultimately. And I trust him because mm. this is his area of expertise. And he trusts me in my area of expertise. And I don't think that makes us look bad or me yeah. stupid. Yeah. And, and I think it's also depending on who is going to um, be the, you know, hypothetical attacker that needs to be defended against. I think that's, you know, especially what you're saying is true of you need to show a united front. He needs to understand to the degree that it's important for him to understand. And I think it's exactly what you're saying of we had some conversations. I had questions. She had a lot of knowledge and information. And when we talked about it, I was absolutely convinced and trust in our decision. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't need to be that he, you know, he doesn't talk need about to be like able to spit stats every, back at every people. single thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless that's his personality that like he yeah, wants to be able to, to be then, then, then give him some books and let him go to town. Um, but yeah, this is a, I, I can picture, I can picture her fear for him if she's not with, and they're like, whoa, dude what do you mean you're not giving your kids the flu vaccine? Like if I have a feeling she knows him and mm. like that, that's going to make him uncomfortable. And so she wants him to feel like he has his own armory. Yeah. And there's something so old school and kind of insulting to a marriage. If, oh. if he just goes like, I don't know, something my wife nagged me about. So we're not doing it. Right. Like that, that makes him look weak. It makes her look bad and it makes them look irresponsible as parents that like, yep. we disagree, but she's going to do this thing that I, pre- I would run with you, but I'm, I think it's dangerous, but whatever. Like, wait, you think it's dangerous <laughs> and you're not defending your children? Right. 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 And um, yeah. And also that if he is just defaulting and trusting you, that it doesn't mean that he doesn't, he's phoning it in as a parent. Like, he can be like, okay, yep, you're the health expert on pediatric. Like, mm-hmm. sounds good. I would love to have some information so I can explain our decision to my parents and yeah. to coworkers if I need to. But that doesn't mean, I don't want you to think that he's not going to be a willing participant as a parent just because he might just be deferring to your expertise. Like, there's so many different arenas in parenting that he can really care about. And this one just might be your arena. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think along kind of one thing that goes along with, uh, understanding each other and understanding where you're coming from is I think you need to be also prepared to have conversations around what, what work there is 
to to go along with these things, so he really understands what he's agreeing to. Because I'm assuming before before you were married, saying we're going to raise our kids naturally um, is an easy enough thing to go like, yeah, yeah okay. sure, yeah, okay. Like you guys probably need to, you know, especially once you're pregnant. That's going to be a bigger time. Yeah. It's going to be a bigger time, but talking about like, we're going to buy organic things of these things. So that's going to hurt your pocketbook. But then when he understands like the pain points, then you're going to have better conversations about like, really, we need to pay $4 a green pepper versus 60 cents. Why? And then you in your expertise need to be able to explain it to them. You know, there's that Mm -hmm. back and forth conversation, but those are very strange conversations and he's not going to have that like pushback now when you go like we might have to pay an extra three dollars a pepper in five years right he'll be like okay (laughs) sure sounds good yeah so i don't know i guess what it comes down to is understanding understand his personality and how he best will receive information Mm -hmm. um understand his root concerns um, or if there's not concerns, you can try and preempt like just knowing his childhood, mm-hmm. you could give some examples and I would start with birth, like, like where you're going to give birth. That's like a nice one of like, you yeah. know, it's the very first thing <laughs> type thing that needs to be decided on. Um, and See how he reacts to, so if he's like, oh, whoa, but like what happens if something goes wrong? Mm. Like, okay, so it's going to be like a lot of his underlying root issues will be coming from a place of fear of wanting to protect the ones he loves. Mm -hmm. And so making sure you're just not picking battles or fights or defending things that aren't the root yeah. And also understand your emotional background too. Like she has a brother who is vaccine damaged, like who is injured. That's trying to have a conversation on a touchy issue um, for anyone while it is deeply personal to you is so tricky that you, he obviously, I'm sure he knows that situation, but like, both of you going into that conversation, knowing that that is a hot coal and mm-hmm. being prepared to like give it space to not get too emotional while talking about it, if at all possible, to answer his questions without seeing them as an attack. Yep. Like, it's a hard conversation anyway. It is a very hard conversation for you. So, so make sure that that's discussed beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Communicate, like, com- exactly like you said going before you even go into a conversation, putting it all out on the table and saying like, I just want to address that. Like, obviously this is deeply personal because of this and this, I'm going to do my best to receive your questions, not as a attack again, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about this during our communication episode, but that's the ideal is talking about it beforehand and then going into the conversation calmly the more realistic is you have the conversation and it gets heated and then you have to like unpack it and talk about why you reacted a certain way. And that's still good. That's Mm -hmm. better than what so many people do is have a conversation. Both of you get heated. 
do no self-analysis afterwards. Don't unpack the conversation and just be mad until the next you know thing happens that you can move past it and bury it. Yep. So even if you have a bad conversation about it, try to understand why it was bad and what what you were thinking, what you were feeling during the con- the conflict. Yeah, and the number one, just a reminder to everyone, like one of the number one tools that Kirby and I use in our marriage um, is the phrase, the story I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. And that is like a Brene Brown go-to um, yeah. go of like, so, you know, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't see how dangerous vaccines can be and are completely disregarding my brother's story, you know, like, and he's going to go like, Oh my God, like that, that's not at all. Yeah. Like uh, the story I'm telling myself is that you think 100% of kids are going to be vaccine injured. And then like, and so, you know, like it just allows this conversation to happen with like what I, the story I'm telling myself. So, yeah. Yep. It allows someone to defend, to defend and explain themselves against the straw man you built. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I think you guys, the fact that you had the conversation before you even got engaged shows a level of communication that I don't think a lot of people even have. I think a lot of people find a person they like hanging out with. They go, I want to marry this person because they're great and we're going to have sexy. fun and we're going to make money. And then they get to, you know, near the wedding or after the wedding and they go like, I want four kids. And then they're like, oh, no, I want like one kid and I want to, you know, travel the world. And they go like, oh, I thought we were going to settle down in my home. Like all those things, you guys are at least talking so far ahead. So keep having those far ahead conversations. But understand that sometimes until it's in your face, it's not. It's just not on people's radar. They're not going to engage in those super deep conversations. Yep. Agreed. So. Uh, hopefully we helped. Hopefully we weren't too agreeable. Well, I didn't say we had to be agreeable. I just, or I didn't say we had to be disagreeable. We just didn't want people to think that like, we just agree on everything. And it's like, no, we just agree on how to solve your guys' problems. Yeah. It's so much easier to solve other people's problems. (laughs) So much easier. Like, well, they're crazy. So my recommendation is you two should get a podcast and just tell other people what to do. Mm-hmm. There we go. Solution to all things. Podcasts are easy. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, um, if you have any questions or thoughts, um, you know, anything specific, like if you have kids and you're struggling to get through and you want more just advice, um, reach out to us. Let us know. If you have a completely different communication with your spouse question, we would love to hear it. Um, and yeah, so until next week, everyone, bye, She Slayers. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, 
so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.